Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan Fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarubba Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan Abduhu wa rasuluh Al-Nasihul Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi Ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah ala ni'mat al-islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam And for guiding us to the sunnah it is incumbent and it is a must upon each and every one of us that we seek knowledge about the deen of Islam so that we may implement it properly. Because in ilm, because knowledge it precedes statements and actions. With that being said, we would like to begin by saying, Haddathana ibn Abi Umar. حدثنا سفيان عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس عن عبد الله بن عمرو قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء This hadith is a hadith that is tremendous Before getting into the tremendous nature of this hadith This hadith is a hadith that is مسلسل مسلسل بالأولية Meaning that there will be a rawi and they will say, Sami'atu Hadith Ar-Rahma Al-Musalsal Bil-Awaliya Min Shaykh Fulan Wa huwa awwal hadith Sami'atuhu min It's a hadith For example, a narrator, many of the narrators Many of the narrators from hadith They will say that I heard the hadith of rahma This hadith here and it's a hadith that is musalsal bin awaliya, meaning it's a hadith that the ulama, the imams, they would begin with this hadith. So they would say, I heard this hadith of Rahmah and from Shaykh so and so, and this was the first hadith that I heard from him, or the first hadith that was narrated, yani that he narrated to us. And this is because. This hadith is tremendous and it gives us a good understanding of the nature of ilm, the purpose of ilm, the goal of ilm and some of the desired effects that come from, from ilm. Ala kulli hal, the translation of this hadith is Ar-Rahimun Yarhamuhum Ar-Rahman That those who are merciful Then the most merciful He shows them mercy Irhamu man fil ard Yarhamukum man fil sama Be merciful with those who are in the earth And the one who is above the heavens Will show mercy unto you Naam Shaykh Salih Abd Aziz Al-Shaykh Hidhullah Ta'ala He mentions that the reason and from the benefits and wisdom why the Imams of the Deen, why the Muhaddithun, they will begin with this hadith is because ilm is rahmah, knowledge is mercy. It leads to mercy. And it is incumbent as a good reminder for the student to understand this fact that ilm is rahmah. And that from the effects of it is that an individual, he should grow in forbearance. From the effects of it is that an individual, 
he will spread ilm and spread mercy amongst the people and this is why you find of old that it was said that ahlus sunnah arhamun nas bin nas that the people of the sunnah they were the most merciful of the people to the people and it was because of their knowledge that they were able to be forbearing that they were able to have patience that they were able to explain the best of manners to the people because ilm has to be implemented naam as the saying it goes hatta fi ilm bi'amal fa in ajaba wa illa irtahna that knowledge it calls out to action if it responds meaning that the action meets the knowledge then the knowledge is stays and if it doesn't find a response irtahna then the knowledge it leaves it goes away naam because the purpose of ilm is to implement is to live by it and you should be able to see the effects of the ilm upon a person so therefore you should never find a person who is connected to knowledge acting like an individual who is not connected to knowledge you will not find the sheikh for example acting like just any person from the street but you will find a level of behavior that is befitting to what they are carrying so therefore it is incumbent that we strive to embody the ilm naam that we strive to embody the ilm and before getting into um what was selected and what was advised by the ulama to begin with with regards to the likes of lessons that deal with learning the deen it is incumbent that we understand that this is not just a one shot thing is not a one off is not just coming one day to class and then that's it and then for the rest of the week you forget about it and then you come back to it no but rather knowledge is something that is acquired day by day night by night shay and fi shay bit by bit not all at once as the ulama they mentioned marama ilm jumlatan dhahaba anhu jumlatan whoever tries to take knowledge all at one time it leaves them all at one time now i give you an example if i were to throw a tennis ball say hey catch if i threw one tennis ball you probably catch it right if i throw you another you will catch it throw you another you will catch it okay if i threw 20 tennis balls at you at one time you'll be so busy trying to catch them all you end up what catching none i threw 50 at you at one time you'll be trying to catch them all you may catch drop catch drop you won't catch anything right and likewise the aim if you try to grab it all at once you won't be able to if you try to go to that which is more complicated that which is more advanced you won't benefit anything you'll struggle a lot and leave with very little benefit so knowledge is bit by bit day by day the poet said al yawm al ilm wa ghadan mithlu wa man nukhbat al ilm allati tultaqat yuhassil mar'u bihi hikmatan wa inma al sayl istima' al nuqat that today is knowledge and tomorrow the same thing today is knowledge and tomorrow is knowledge and from the fruits that an individual they will pick from knowledge from the fruits of knowledge is that a person will be able to attain wisdom naam that a person will be able to attain wisdom because remember in the arabic language hikma wad'u shay fi mawdi'i that hikma it means to put everything in its right place in order to put things in their right place you have to know where they go that makes sense So it requires knowledge because if you don't know where they go you don't know where to put them. So in order to put things in their right place in their proper places you have to have aim you have to have knowledge. So this is from the benefits that one will gain when they have the right knowledge is that they will over time gain wisdom that they will over time gain wisdom. Because verily the same 
is the is the is the coming together of dots of drops. Now, the same, for lack of a better term, is like those flash floods that come in the desert, right? Those flash floods that come in the desert. And this is when the rain comes and the ground cannot absorb the rain quick enough, so it sends a, a flash flood. Now, and statistically, more people drown in the desert than die of thirst in the desert due to these flash floods that come. This is the same, that flash flood. Alakullihal, to give you the understanding of how knowledge is attained, is that that the same, this flash flood that knocked the person off his feet, some people drown, is nothing more than the gathering and the combination of, of raindrops. One raindrop by itself. It's, you can handle that, right? Two, three, you can handle it. But when it comes over time, it becomes a lot. And this is the nature of knowledge. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Then after some time with consistency, you amass a lot. Because, as the saying it goes, يعني, القليل باستمرار خير من كثير ينقطع That a little bit that is consistent is better than a lot that is severed. Now, a practical example. And this is from the ways um, to beat shaitan. Now, is to be consistent upon worship. So for example, if a person were to be consistent upon witr and praying something from qiyamul which is anything, qiyamul is anything prayed after Isha. So anything prayed after Isha is Qiyamul So much so that if you're traveling and you combine your prayer, you're traveling and you combine your prayer, Maghrib and Isha, in the time of Maghrib, you combine your prayer in the time of Maghrib. So in Maghrib time, you pray Maghrib, then you pray Isha because you're traveling. You with me? But anything you pray after that is Qiyamul that makes sense? You see the ease of the religion? It's easy. Anything you pray after that is Qiyamul So now back to the example. If a person were to be consistent every day and he prayed at minimum, because the minimum one can pray for Qiyamul is how many? Who knows? Huh? Minimum. Not two. One. Because Witr is one. Now, at the very minimum, a person just prayed with him. He had, a, he had a long day. She had a long day. Right? He worked a lot. The children were running her crazy. And they, and they pray Isha. And it's, I'm tired. I'm just going to pray one rock out. That's with her. That constitutes Qiyamul Now, if they were to remain consistent upon that, for one year, every day, they would have prayed how many rock out? 365. That's better than a person that will come and pray for 11, for 11, he does it for a week, then he stops for months until Ramadan. Who will have amassed more? The person that was consistent with 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, and then now Ramadan comes and they're praying for eh, 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 you see, who's who going to get more? So the small that it is, is consistent is better. And this is uh, the approach that has to be taken in many things in life. But in particular when it comes to seeking knowledge. That we take bit by bit by bit by bit. Also, it is important that we memorize. It is very important that we memorize. As one of the poets he mentions, and he really highlights the issue of memorizing and the importance of memorizing. He says that in lam takun hafizan wa'iyan fa jam'uka lil ilmi la yanfa'u. At-tahdhur bi jahli fi majlisin wa ilmuka fil kutub al He said that if you do not memorize and become one who safeguards the knowledge in his chest, he said then your collecting of knowledge in reality will not benefit you. He said, do you present yourself to the gathering with your knowledge 
You bring your, oh, excuse me, do you present yourself in the gathering and you have present with you your ignorance? You bring your ignorance to the sitting while your knowledge is safely stored away in books. You see? Because if you come there and say a mas'ala, any shaykh comes up and you say, ah, I read something about that. But I don't remember right now. Let me yeah, I get back to you. Let me let me go review it again and I'll come back. So in essence it hasn't benefited you. Naam. What in the Mashaykh and his lesson today from the Haram from Medina, he mentioned a statement of some of the Imams of the past where he said uh, that we memorize a little bit and we used to read a lot Naam. that we memorize a little bit and we used to read a lot but we did not benefit is that we didn't benefit from what we read but we benefited from what we memorized Naam. so remember they memorized a little bit and they read a lot but then it came to a point where he realized that you know what we actually didn't really benefit from what we read because sometimes we forget but we benefited from what we remembered what we memorized that's what we really benefited from Naam. so it is incumbent and it is important that we become accustomed to memorizing Sheikh Saleh al-Usaymi he mentions he says that the, the issue of memorizing is not an issue that is particular to one age group to, yani, uh, to the detriment of another age group meaning it's not specific to young people and it doesn't apply to older people he said this is not the case many people think this that younger people can memorize older people cannot memorize he said this is not true the reality of it is is that everyone who has an aql as long as you're sane as long as you have sanity you're able to memorize no matter your age Naam. there are some who can memorize quicker than others but nonetheless as long as you have a working intellect, a working mind, you, you have the ability to memorize. It's like trying to lift something. Now, if you try to lift something really heavy, at first you can't do it. Right? Someone gives you 200 pounds, lift 200 pounds. So I can't, I can't bench press 200 pounds right now. Huh? So what do you do? You start with 40 pounds. Right? The bar is 40 pounds. Right? But then, then you put, you know, little by little by little by little by little by little by little. Then now you can do 200 pounds because you have to work your way up to it. Same thing with the memorizing. The mem memory is like this, where you have to work it. The more you work it, the, the stronger it'll be. The more you work it, the stronger it'll be. If you neglect it, you don't, you don't work it, it's like your muscles, you don't utilize them, then you're going to be weak. But if you utilize them, you're going to be strong. Now, so now, granted, some younger folk, they got stronger legs than older folk. True? True, generally. However, if the older man is consistent in his exercising and conditioning, then he will do what? He will run laps around a young man. So, just same thing with the memory. It's not specific to one age group or not the other age group. So, as long as you're alive, as long as you have an aqil, as long as you have an intellect and it's working, you can memorize. Now, so you start small. Memorize what you could, that's easy. And then you increase. And but you have to do it daily. You have to work it daily. Now, so some of the early they mentioned there should not be a day that goes by except that you memorize something. A day shouldn't go by except that you memorize something. Now, so whether that be an ayah from the Quran, Sheikh Saleh, Sheikh Suleiman, Afwan, Sheikh Suleiman or Rahimi. He says, you should memorize every day at least one verse. Just one verse, is it? At least. Because what's going to happen is you, you memorize a verse, memorize a verse, memorize a verse. You might do that for a month, two months. And then you say, it's easy. Memorizing one verse is easy. I memorize two. Two becomes easy. I'm going to memorize three. Three becomes, memorize four, memorize five. You see? Until you're memorizing a page, a rubric, so on and so forth. Now, until, until, until you finish the Quran. Now, so likewise, we should be memorizing every day something, something every day, an ayah, hadith, or a portion of a hadith, maybe a, a couple sentences from a hadith, then you come back the next day a couple sentences from the hadith, it's only going to be for so many days until you finish the hadith, now, 
a message from the Mutum. A few lines. Only going to be a certain amount of time you finish the message. Naam, a qasida, enemia. Naam, it's going to be a bait, two baits, three, yeah? And then you're going to memorize the whole of the, of the, of the poem. The knowledge based poem, so on and so forth. And likewise, we should be striving to memorize. We said all that to say, which brings us to a tremendous, a tremendous book that we all have to, and we all should be very, very uh, familiar with and versed as relates to it. And that is the Arba'in of Imam al Nawi, the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawi. Why this particular book? This particular book is tremendous in so many ways. But you will see, as we will come to see with Ta'ala, that this book is a collection of 40 some hadith that deal with the principles of the religion. That deals with principles of, of the sunnah. Naam. How often do people talk about sunnah? Sunnah, sunnah, sunnah. Ana sunni, ana athari, ana, ana, ana. Huh? Right, that's beautiful. Huh? But, you know, we had a saying back when, what did it say? Don't talk about it, be about it. Right? It's easy to talk about it, but can you be about it? In order to be about it, you got to know about it. Naam. So if you truly want to be upon sunnah, you have to learn what are the principles of the sunnah. What are the principles of this deen? If you don't know what the principles of the sunnah are, then, then how empty is your claim? It's like the poet, he said, كُلُّ يَدْعِي وَسْتَنِ اللَّيْلَ That everyone claims a connection to Layla. There was a poet, his name was Majnoon Layla. Now, I mean, he was crazy for Layla. That was his nickname. That's how crazy he was for Layla. So they gave him the nickname, Crazy for Layla. Like they stopped calling him by his real name. I don't even remember what his real name was. Now, <laughs> I, I, it, it escaped me right now. But I remember Mesnoon Layla. But he was crazy about Layla. But he had a nice line of poetry that really hits the, hits the concept. He said, everybody's claiming to have a connection with Layla. He said, but Layla don't know nothing about them. She don't agree with them in that. Right? So meaning what well, a claim doesn't mean anything. A person can make a claim, but that don't mean that don't substantiate anything. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't prove anything. Because the proof is where it is. Now the proof is where it is. A person claim that he's this and he's that, if that's not who they are, how's that gonna benefit them? That's not who they are. Now so it is incumbent that we just don't come with claims and you know the and, and these things, but we come with the reality of the thing. That we come with the reality of the thing. And that comes from learning. That comes from understanding. That comes from implementing what we learn. So remember, no, we put together this tremendous book. And as you will find, it's actually a uh, uh, combination of works of previous scholars that Imam Noe he added to and he completed. Naam. Uh, and then Imam Ibn Rajab he came and he added a few more making them 50 all together and, and he completed and, 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 and uh, uh, increased upon the work of Imam Al-Nawi uh, and the like but in any event these hadith are hadith that are tremendous because each and every one of them is a principle from the religion each and every one of them you, 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 you grab a principle from the deen a principle that could be applied in your life a principle that you can benefit from day in and day out. Yani, really important. Really important a hadith which gives you a well rounded understanding of the deen of Al Islam. Now, so Imam al Nawi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he brings an Amir al Mu'mineen, Abi Hafs, Umar ibn Khattab, on the authority of the leader of the believers. The leader of the believers. Abi Hafs, Umar ibn Khattab, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Qal, sami'tu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, innama al-a'malu bin-niyat, wa innama likul imri'in ma nawa, faman kanat hijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulih, fahijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulih, wa man kanat hijratuhu lid-dunya, yusibuha, aw l-imra'atin yankihuha, نعم أو امرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه. That verily actions are but by their intentions. 
and everyone shall be rewarded depending upon what they intended. So whoever his hijrah was to Allah and his messenger, then his hijrah was to Allah and his messenger. Meaning, whoever hijrah was to Allah and his messenger, then they will be rewarded for making hijrah to Allah and his messenger. And whoever his hijrah was for the dunya in order to get it, or for a woman in order to marry her, then their hijrah was, in, was until that in which they made hijrah for. Now, I mean, they got no reward from Allah. They got no reward uh, for their hijrah. This particular hadith, it was collected by the two imams of hadith. Imam Muqbil, he mentions that when it comes to a hadith, there are three essential things you should know. Three things you should know when it comes to a hadith. The first thing is, who is the narrator of the hadith? Naam, the first thing, who is the narrator of the hadith? The second thing is the hadith itself. The third thing is where the hadith is collected. This is at the bare minimum. The bare minimum, bare minimum, is that you should know three things. Who narrated the hadith? The hadith itself and where it's collected. Naam, this is the very bare minimum. Naam, so the narrative of this particular hadith is who? Is Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Now, but who collected the hadith? Bukhari Muslim. Now, I said to I only said the imams of hadith, the two imams of hadith. The two imams of hadith are who? Al Bukhari Muslim. They're the two imams of hadith. Now, the two imams of hadith, Al Bukhari Muslim. Now, Abu Abdullah. Muhammad bin Ismail bin Ibrahim bin Al-Mughira bin Bardizba Al-Bukhari Naam, this was Imam Bukhari's name Wal Abdul Hussein Muslim bin Hajjaj bin Muslim Al-Qurashi Al-Naysaburi This was Imam Muslim's name To Sahihima Inside of the two collections of authentic hadith Naam, Al-Ladaini Huma Asahul Kutub Al-Musannafa. Those two collections of hadith that are the most authentic books that have been authored. They are the most authentic books that have been authored yani, by, who? by human beings. But this particular hadith is a hadith that Imam al-Bukhari Rahimahullah Ta'ala he began his sahih with He began his sahih with this hadith So this hadith Is the first hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari Inshallah we're going to come back to it And so Imam, Imam al-Nawi He numbered it first He brought this hadith first <coughs> For this reason and, and other reasons As we'll come to see Imam Muslim he didn't use this hadith first. He used another hadith first in Sahih Muslim. And that was the hadith, Hadith Jibreel, which is a hadith called Umm Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah. Naam. Just like the Al Fatiha is Umm Al Quran, Hadith Jibreel, they call it Umm Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah, because all of the Sunnah returns back to it. So it makes sense to start a book with it. Naam has a lot of yani, benefits and very high level. Imam al Nawi, because he couldn't yani, simultaneously begin the book with two hadith, so he took the hadith from the first hadith that Imam Bukhari uh, brought and he made that his first hadith. And he took the first hadith that Imam Muslim brought and he made that the second hadith. Naam, so the second hadith is Hadith Jibreel. I'm saying that to say is that when you know that there was great attention paid to the placement of the hadith, then you will have a better respect to know there was great attention paid to the selection of these particular uh, uh, hadith. That this hadith was collected by al-Bukhari Muslim and also from the authors of the Sunan and other than them, the authors of the Sunan like An Nisa'i, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, so on and so forth. Naam. 
Tirmidhi Naam وقد تفرد بروايته عن عمر and this here is a refutation on the people of innovation Naam because the people of innovation saying we can only use a hadith that are mutawatir as it comes to aqidah Naam we can only use a hadith that are well 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 known narrated by many and so on and so forth when it comes to aqidah and that is bhaqi that statement is bhaqi Naam the reason they came up with it is because what is because of a hadith like this that talk about aqidah yani destroy their program <laughs> right so this is why they try to circumvent and so on and so forth. Now, ala kulli hal. This hadith is a hadith tafarrada birwayatihi an Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu al-Qama bin Waqqas al-Layfi. Now, he was the only one, firstly, Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was the only sahabi who narrated this hadith. And then, al-Qama was the only one who took this hadith from Umar. So Umar is the only Sahabi narrated. Then Al-Qama is the only one who took it from him. Who, who took it from him. وَتَفَرَّدَ بِهِ عَنْهُ Muhammad ibn Ibrahim At-Taymi And Muhammad bin Ibrahim At-Taymi was the only one that took it from Al-Qama. وَتَفَرَّدَ عَنْهُ Yahya bin Sa'id Al-Ansari Then Yahya Ibn, uh, Ibn Sa'id al-Ansari was the only one that took it from Muhammad bin Ibrahim al-Taymi Naam. so up until this point one person narrates to another person narrates just one person narrates to this one more person narrates to this one more person narrates to this one more person and then uh, يعني, and then after that كثرة الآخذون عنه then after that many people took it from him Many people took it from him until this hadith is actually reached the level of mutawatir, meaning it's so well known. Naam. But in the beginning, which is one who took it from one, who took it from one, who took it from one, and so on and so forth. Naam. So the whole issue, anyone come and say about al-hadith al-ahad and how you can't use them when it comes to aqidah and so on and so forth, this statement is baqi. It's false. Naam. As we see from this particular uh, chain that that, that 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 doesn't hold weight, but also when you reflect on it and you think about it rationally, the Prophet when he sent the Sahaba to go different places to give da'wah, sometimes it was just one of them. Right? So if this concept had any credence, then he wouldn't have sent just one, because then how they want to take from him the issues of aqidah. When he said Mu'ad ibn Jabal and he gave him the advice, he told him that he's going to the people from the people of the book. So the first thing you call them to is to single out Allah alone in worship. Mu'ad, one person, calling them to single out Allah in worship. Is that aqidah or no? That's aqidah. So anyone who come and say, we can't use an ahadith al-ahad, when it comes to aqidah, issues of aqidah, it's a person, don't know what he's talking about. Why? Because they have a devious... Uh, intention, naam, and that is to yani, circumvent those ahadith that destroy their innovation. Then after that, this hadith it became a lot of people start to narrate uh, this particular hadith, and most of the the people they have heard of this hadith. But who amin gharaib al Sahih al Bukhari, and this hadith is from the. Uh, Gharaib meaning is a hadith that is gharib in his chain. Naam, hadith that is gharib in his chain. And without getting into a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, without getting into Mustalah hadith, naam, a hadith that is gharib, as Imam al Baykuni, he mentions the Baykuniya, Qul gharibu marawa rawin wahid. That a gharib hadith is a hadith that is narrated by one person. Meaning at some point in the chain, is narrated by just one person. This is hadith that is called gharib. But Imam Bukhari brought this one because of the uh, uh, because of the content of the hadith, but also be, these hadith they were refutations upon the people of innovation. A lot of people in their ignorance they will come and they'll say Imam Bukhari he was muhaddid 
He was not fiqhi. He was muhaddid. He wasn't a scholar of fiqh. Naam. Or he was just a collector of hadith. No. This is incorrect. Imam Bukhari had great fiqh of the deen. Great fiqh. He was a great fiqhi. Naam. He was from the ulama of fiqh. And when you study his chapters, when you study his chapters, naam, then you will see his profound understanding of fiqh. How he'll bring a chapter and he'll bring the appropriate hadith for that chapter heading, for that subject. Naam. He was, a, he was outstanding understanding in his fiqh. So part of putting Sahih Bukhari together, likewise Imam Muslim, it was, naam, one of the objectives was to, collect, was to collect authentic hadith. But the other objective was to teach the people their religion. And also it was to refute the people of innovation. Naam. It was to refute the people of innovation. If you go to Sahih Muslim and you look, and this should be your homework inshallah ta'ala. Go to Sahih Muslim and you look, the first hadith that is brought is hadith of what? Jibreel. Naam. It is brought as a refutation upon the Qadariyah. Those who didn't believe in Qadr. Naam. And so hadith Jibreel was brought as a proof and evidence to establish there is Qadr. And to believe Qadr, khayrihi wa sharr. To believe in Qadr, the good and the bad of it. Naam. So it was a direct reputation upon the people of Qadr. This is how Imam al-Muslim started his book. So was it just to bring that a hadith and then that's it? No. It was to teach people their religion and to refute the people of innovation. Naam. Because this is important. This is important. In order to establish the truth, you have to refute falsehood. I'll give you an example. Sheikh Salah al-Sheikh, he mentions that our da'wah is a da'wah that is detailed. Naam. It's not a da'wah that comes with generalities. Because if you come with generality, you will never be able to achieve your objective. Your objective. And he brought in a very yani, simple example. He said, if you went to the Jews and the Christians, and you said to them, we have to be monotheistic. We, Allah is one. We have to worship Allah. So on and so forth. Naam. He said, there's not a single Jew or Christian that will debate you. Everybody will agree. Everybody will say, yeah, that's right. We have to worship the Creator. No disagreement. So if you brought just a generality, do you think that they're going to connect the dots and realize, maybe we shouldn't worship Isa. Maybe we shouldn't worship the saints. Maybe we shouldn't worship Uzay. They will never connect the dots. This is not the da'wah. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran, He tells us, Wa'abudullah. And what? Allah Ta'ala says worship Allah Allah doesn't stop there He says worship Allah alone And do not associate partners with Him He makes it clear Naam. So now if we went to the, that same assembly of Jews and Christians And we say worship Allah alone Worship Allah alone No one would disagree But as soon as we brought details Worship Allah alone Do not worship Jesus Do not worship the angels Do not worship Mary Do not worship the saints he might get a little static now, right? <laughs> They're going to get some argument now. But without establishing that, they're not going to connect the dots. They're not going to truly benefit. They're not going to abandon shirk until you bring details. So you find that this is the way of the people of knowledge is that naam, they call to good. Naam, but even with that, Allah Ta'ala in the Quran commands us to do what? Call to good and... Forbid evil Call to good and forbid evil not, not just call the good and the people will figure it out No, call to good and forbid evil Now, Because the reality of it is Is that maybe they won't figure it out And it is, They are not tasked to figure it out Because we have not been tasked To utilize our intellect And to use our intellect as a criterion over the revelation No, the revelation is what governs Our intelligence Our intelligence don't govern the revelation So we say, oh that verse don't make sense No, I'm good No If the verse don't make sense, it don't make sense to us Due to our deficiency intellectually Or our lack of knowledge Now, Not that it don't make sense It just don't make sense to us But it makes sense The deficiency is where? It's in us That makes sense? 
Now, but this is an important fact because you have people that they 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 they, they call you other than that. If you can't if you can't conceptualize it, if you can't quantify it, right? Then you don't believe it. This is what the atheists say. The scientists, ain't that what they say? I don't believe in things I can't quantify. Which is a lie. Because there are many things they can't quantify and they believe in it. <laughs> but this is their yeah, they lie and justification. Why? They don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Muslims, we understand that what? It is the revelation that, that governs and checks our intellect. Now, so, of course, we're not going to be left to say, figure out what is wrong. No, but we're going to be shown This is what you do, this is what you don't do This is halal, this is haram So on and so forth Naam. Because if left to the intellect People will eat pork Naam. Do you think the kufar eat pork because it's nasty? Tastes good to them So if we left it on our intellect That just what tastes good Then a the person will say it's okay Right? But we know it's haram because it's not okay Very bad But at the end of the day We don't eat it You know why? Because Allah told us not to Very simple Now that's just a little tidbit Because Kufar like asked the question How can you eat pork? So very easy Very simple They say why? Because Allah said don't eat it Now if you want to know Some of the wisdoms Some of the benefits In not eating it That's another discussion But we don't eat it Because Allah said don't eat it That's why we don't eat it Now But Ala so this hadith is a hadith that it comes and so many aspects of it, it refutes the people of innovation. Also another hadith. And with Allah Ta'ala, we'll end you with this, with, the, with this hadith inshallah Ta'ala and we'll continue in next week's class to discuss more about the wisdom and the benefits of this particular hadith. With that, subhanAllah, so many benefits. Well, we have to learn this hadith. But also Imam Bukhari, he not only begins his book with a hadith that is gharib and his chain, but he ends the book in a hadith that is gharib in his chain. So it's understood. It's not a fluke. This was not an oversight. This was intentional. Because our deen is of such that we accept that which is authentic on the Prophet wasallam. period. If it's authentically reported on the Prophet wasallam, we take it. And we scared not to take it. Scared. What are the imams of the past? They said that if a person just... Yeah, they reject one statement of the Prophet I said them they're, they're going to be destroyed. One statement going to be destroyed. Now, the Sahaba they will hold on to that which the Prophet I said said. They didn't, they didn't let none of it go, none of it. Now, and there are plenty of examples like this, like the Hadith when the Prophet I said he saw the, the golden ring on the man, he took it off, he threw it. And one of his companions said, "Man, get the ring, you can sell it." He said, "I'm not going, I'm not going to pick up something the Prophet I said threw." Prophet said, I'm throw it away. I'm not going to pick it up. You see that commitment? You see that? That's how the people of the Sunnah are. When they hear that the Prophet said, We hear, we obey. That's it. The Prophet said it. The statement of Abu Bakr, that the Prophet said it is true. If he said it is true, I don't need no, I don't need no explain nothing. If he said it is true, that's it. Now, because that is the Prophet of Allah. If we want success, we have to. We have to follow him. Naam. This hadith I want to end with because it's a hadith that we can implement. We should start implementing it. And that is Kalimatan Habibatan ila Rahman. Khafifatan ala lisan. Thaqilatan fil mizan. That there are two statements that are beloved to the most merciful. They are light upon the tongue. They are heavy inside the scales. I want you to check it out. Beloved to Allah. This is what this is the hadith that Imam Bukhari concludes. Sahih Bukhari. Two statements that are beloved to Ar-Rahman. They are easy upon the tongue. But they are heavy in the scales. Who knows what they are? Subhanallah bihamdi Subhanallah al-Azim Ahsant Naam Bithnillahi ta'ala We want to conclude with this hadith Because I want us to reflect And let something marinate Many of us know this hadith Many of us know 
how important having heavy scales is going to be for us on the day of judgment. Many of us know this. Having heavy scales is important. Now, however, unfortunately, there are not many of us who have even made vicar with these two today. Even though from the vicar of the morning and the daytime is to say, Subhanallah, the hamdi a hundred times. Did we say it? Mm. You see? So one of the takeaways that we all have to do to try to get better, right? Because see, the thing is, is that, you know, on the day of judgment, on the day of judgment, what's going to be the statement of people? Nefsi, nefsi. Nefsi, nefsi. Right? In the dunya, it's real easy to look at other people and see what they're not doing. Right? Or to look at other people and see what they're doing. Right? One of the things that, I, that I, I, I strive to impress upon myself and I try to share with others is that we have to concern ourselves with that which benefits us. Now, yeah, we, we, we want to help others as well. But unfortunately, from the tricks of Shaytan is that people become hypercritical of other people while they themselves are in complete disarray. You, you understand? And this is from the trick of Shaytan. And the other trick of Shaytan, I forgot to mention before how we comfort him by remaining consistent upon yani, uh, 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 small deeds is because Shaytan will come and if he, if he can't convince us not to do a deed, then he'll say, do a whole bunch. Because he know it'll break us and after a day or two we ain't going to do it no more. So we beat him by being consistent upon small. But another thing, Shaytan will come and have his focus on everybody else. So you're going to talk about the man house. All oh, your shingle is, is messed up. Look at your, this is whatever. That need to be changed. The, you know, the, the light on your porch is not even bright enough. And the person saying all this stuff, why he himself live in a house that's condemned? House disarray, falling apart. Got holes in the floor, termites everywhere, everything. And you can talk about somebody else, the driveway dirty? You got an oil stain in your driveway. Yeah, subhanAllah, your driveway got a big hole in it. What are you talking about? <laughs> but this is what Shaytan does. Check it, I'm telling you, this is what he does. When he gets us to be so hyper yani, uh, uh, critical of other people that we forget our own benefit. Be hypercritical of other people, but we ain't pray, yani, witzel, yani, Allah musta'an. One time I asked a person, hey, when well, last time you pray witzel? They said Ramadan. I said, yeah, subhanAllah, Ramadan. I was like, it's almost another Ramadan. Almost another Ramadan. You ain't pray witzel since Ramadan. Whoa. Right? Hypercritical. They off of it. Fine. You got ilma. You implementing it. Huh? Now, I'm just saying. Because see, look. People of the sunnah. People of the sunnah. People of the sunnah. There should be no people who is not people of the sunnah beating us and implementing sunnah. Period. There should be no people going to outdo us in implementing the sunnah. Could be the people of the sunnah. Correct? Right? The Sahaba, was it their way? We believe correct, so we good. We ain't got to pray that much. We ain't got to fast, voluntary fast. We don't got to strive, feast of be lie. We believe correct, we straight. That's the way of the people of the Sunnah? No, that's the way of the Murji'ah. Those who believe that Iman doesn't go up and down. Who believe that whoever got Iman, got Iman the same Iman like the, the, like the angels in Abu Bakr and, and, and so on and so forth. That's what the Murji'ah think. I believe I'm good. Subhanallah. Now we people of the Sunnah are going to sound like the Murus. Yeah. No, actions are from Iman. Look at the Sahaba. We say we upon the way of the Sahaba. Sahaba, that was their understanding? No, the Sahaba, they was in the masjid for the prayer. What did they say? The only person who wouldn't come from the congregational prayer was a person either who he, they were sick or they were a well known hypocrite. I'm saying. Right? These things to think about. Anyway, anyway, these particular, these two great yani, uh, statements, that which the uh, Imam Bukhari, he ended uh, Sahih Bukhari with, let us reflect on it. And bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, let us increase in supplicating unto Allah and making dhikr unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, subhanallah al-azim wa subhanallah al-bahamdi. Now, let us increase in saying that and gain benefit for ourselves because we have to gain benefit for ourselves bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. And Bithnillah will go on to further get into in the next class, inshallah ta'ala, uh, some more of the, the wisdoms and the reasons 
that Imam al-Nawawi, ta'ala, he began uh, his tremendous book of 40 hadith with this particular hadith that outlines the principle, because he said it's all built upon principles, right? What is the principle of this hadith? Ikhlas. Naam? That we have to have ikhlas, we have to have sincerity unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want us, uh, at the very minimum, until we get more into it, bihnilahi ta'ala, to bring this with us throughout the course of the week and realize that whatever we do from the righteousness and the good deeds and so on and so forth, we have to do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not looking at the creation, period. Not looking at the creation, period. But we're doing it for the pleasure, uh, excuse me, we do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to try to earn His pleasure and to try to earn the reward in that which He has promised those who do righteousness. This has to be our motivating factor. This has to be the fuel that yani, drives us and motivates us is sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more we strive to do that, we will see our life start to change and we have to realize that it's not easy. It's not easy. When in the Salaf they said, that there was nothing, the treatment of nothing was more severe upon me than my intention. So we have to remember that we're doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have to strive to be sincere and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He bless us with sincerity. وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا ممن إذا أعطي شكر وببطول صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاثة عنوان السعادة هذا فنكتفي بهذا القدر والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا